Welcome to a new episode of Blue Jay Bites. Now here's your host, my dad, Brian's Ock. Alright, welcome to another edition of the Blue Jay Bites Podcast. Live from Scripttown Brewing, my name is Brian Tott. I'm alongside Matthew Moranis here for another episode of our Monday Night Podcast covering all things trade sports. Um, obviously, we're in the thick of men's basketball season, Matt, so a lot to talk about, a lot to discuss from the last meeting of action. Jays with two home games, they go one and one on the home stand. Uh, after, well, I mean, they had a three game home stand. They started off with a victory against Butler in the peak out. Welcome to St. John's to CHI Health Center on that Wednesday. And uh, the, welcome, the welcome was not warm. The welcome was not warm. So. <laughs> They, uh, it was uh, cold outside as well as inside, maybe? No. Jay's, Jay's actually, you know, dropped really uh, uh, all around this head. There we go. Right. Yes, there you go. You're not the same kind of version where you're typically looking for it. He's the Warriors, though? I think he's the Warriors. Yeah, he's, he's behind on his time there. Well, that's good. Okay. Essentially, was 
counter to the final story. That's how I felt in the first when I, when I was there live. Uh, but I went back and watched it and like just kind of I don't know. I didn't turn off the volume or anything. I didn't like not listen to the commentators or be affected by the narrative that was being crafted. But it just felt like oh, the James did fight. They went for they they reversed the floor a lot of times. They fought on the backboards. Like they did a lot of the things that helped them beat Butler, helped them beat Georgetown, and all the things that maybe weren't there against Marquette and Villanova as much. Um, but they didn't, but what, what was apparent to me was while the Jays had that part of it for themselves, they didn't fight as much as St. John's did. Like St. John's came in with an energy level and a level of just urgency that they were not, they knew they had a three-game road trip against Creighton, Duke, and Marquette coming up, <laughs> right? right? Right, yeah, appropriate laughter. And they had just lost to Butler and Georgetown. So they're, you know, and they don't have a good conference. Their season's kind of like on the brink. Sure. You know, like they don't get that win. Duke housed them, so they probably weren't getting that one. And then after they didn't come to, but they, they essentially were going to work themselves into like a Nebraska-like free fall, where this way tournament isn't even a realistic goal anymore because you don't have a beef on it and you can't get the ship right. I thought the team came in like a team that knew that, and they played that way. I, I felt like Creighton's energy and effort were good enough to win on a normal night, but not against the type of Pokemon they were facing and how, how much urgency St. John's got on the floor. Creighton never matched that, and that's why you guys love it, it, in my opinion. Yeah, and I think um, it was, again, one of those situations, too, where the Jays just couldn't get, it didn't seem like they could get the shots they really wanted from the other yard. I mean, they got looks. They took looks, but they weren't the type of looks I think that they're accustomed to getting. And, you know, that's, that now seems like a trend um, against St. John's. Maybe the length bothers them, maybe just the way that St. John's picks up on me. Because St. John's plays a small lineup, but it's got length and athleticism too. Right, right. they're small, they are smaller, they're a little bit different. They're small, right? right. They're small. Yeah. Longer players, uh, sort of athletic. <laughs> so you yeah. wonder in a third matchup when Craig can go big, you know, like go with the double big line. Well, you look at the if you think St. John's can beat you perimeter versus perimeter, then you have to counter that with another weapon, right? So, Creighton has the ability to be versatile in their lineup and they can go bigger. So, you, you think maybe a third meeting happens at MSG, does Creighton counter with a big lineup? Because that's something that no matter what St. John's has on the floor, um, they typically don't put big lineups out there. They usually have small, speedy, open floor athletes. So that's what they had to play. And then one of those guys in the ground play that minutes. So you wonder if Creighton has, um, goes to that, should they be again. Where it's like, because I agree with you, I think St. John's is kind of Creighton's kryptonite right now. Because their small is more versatile than Creighton's small. Agreed. And, you know, I, I take the comparison a little uh, with the great assaults because they didn't have Shamari for their home loss to DePaul. But DePaul is sort of tough. They yeah. were big and they yeah. played big. Yes. Um, you know, already those guys, they can throw some size down in there. So, you know, that's what I kind of looked at as the comp there would be if you did manage to do a little bit more of that inside and out. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and so I think that's something that I mean, who knows if we'll get another shot at on the MSG. Right. But, um, you know, the Jays that had to bounce back a couple days, quick turnaround. 
especially in Omaha. Um, granted, no J.P. Makura, no Trayvon Blewett, and some of those uh, familiar foes, some of, some of those familiar faces weren't around. Um, but certainly not a, not a team that's easy to push over. And Xavier came in, and the Jays let up essentially, you know, wire to wire. I thought the Jays played defensively one of their best games of the season. I thought the hustle plays were there. Did you feel like the crowd was responding to those in the evening play, too? Like, I think, you know, typically Creighton fans. I mean, let me catch off, Matt. Okay. Like, Wednesday night took a lot of wind out of the casual Blue Jay fan sales. I think people were excited to get down here to see the play St. John's. You had beer night, you had 80s night, you got to come off the, the good home win. You know, a really solid all-around performance against Butler. And I think it was just a collective thud yeah. at, the, at the CHIL Center. And I thought, I thought, I thought the atmosphere of St. John's was garbage, though, so. I'm not trying to call it, man. I thought there was no buzz. There was, there was no buzz. The only buzz was in the concourse. Yes, yes. Or in the bathroom, right. Um, and I thought Sunday, I was, you know, I've been a, I was a student there for four and a half years uh, during some good times and some not so good times. I also understand that life gets in the way, but I thought the student session attendance was atrocious on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was embarrassing. And, um, you know, it's, it's going to be a shame if, if, if you can't get students to show up unless you run some sort of promotion. Um, but you know, that's what you got you to try to let in the promotional stuff in a, in a marketing sense because. You know, if kids aren't getting a free giveaway or if the kids aren't being, you know, 10 to 2 uh, for every win and it's a Sunday and they got something else they're going to do, they might not show. There's no incentive, yeah. You know, I think I joked on Twitter that because a lot was made before the game about Xavier's travel problems and holy shit, that's just a brutal game to be dealt. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're college kids, so they'll be adults. They're on a bus and they got here by the end of the I didn't think it was after quarters, I just said. Oh, for sure. But I thought that it was like came out. I would love for you to 
to have been the latest in a first half that Creighton has attempted. Oh, their first time. I wanted to look this up, so I'm glad you brought it up for a moment. Because yeah. everybody in our section, 123. I think it was about 143 mark for Marcus at that three. That was the first one they shot. That was the first one they shot, mm-hmm. and, and I looked up, and I was like, I can't believe the guy was taking a 12 without taking a three. Right? It has to be the latest they shot. It's even all, and that gets a lot for, like, let it fly and stuff like that. But, like, all the other teams, you go back and look at some of their game logs, like, they put us first first down Ryan Sears. Second lowest point total of the season for a team. Um, 
UM case kid who scored 53. Mm -hmm. So 54 for Xavier. Granted, you know, like we talked about Blewett, I'm curious if those guys are gone. Um, and it wasn't as though Xavier wasn't hitting shots. I think midway through, or maybe even at the under eight time, they were shooting 58% from the field or 50% from three. But it, Jays were just making it tough for them to get shots. And Xavier doesn't do themselves any favors. They turn the ball over a shit ton. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, they had some problems there. And I think that continues. Probably back for yeah, the Seahawks. Seahawks, number seventeen. 
and that starts a streak of four of six at home to end regular season, right? So if you give it back for that, you probably have a little bit of jolt momentum to figure you've got a decent slate with four out of six teams being at home to end regular season, and then you get your point right back. So that's what they're kind of hoping for right now. But it's a tough situation. It's, it's good in the respect that it's not really surgery. They already fixed the bone and put it back. It's good to go. It just means the hand needs to heal now. So it's all about how fast it heals, really. What is it with January and February games against Xavier? We're talking about Mo Watson. We're talking about Isaiah Zirin. We're talking about Marcus Zagorowski. It's just something in the water with these guys. Yeah. But, uh, I didn't really see the play. I think there was a lot of traffic. It looked like it didn't happen on an offensive rebound for Xavier. Uh, but when you said, you know, what did I notice? I just noticed he came back from the, uh, he came back from, back from one of the breaks. He looked like Bud Crawford with his pin out, you know, his third glove. Because it was on there pretty tight. And it didn't stop him, essentially. Yeah, he scored a couple buckets after that. And obviously, he did a three with blue wrap on. Yeah. Uh, hit two free throws. I think he made a layup or a couple of layups. Because he had 11 points in the first half. So what's this going to do for the rotation now? I know that there was some shifting around with Damian and Marcus as Marcus got more acclimated to running the show. Uh, how will that break down now with Damian's minutes and Tyshawn's minutes? Maybe Caleb Joseph can play the season high 29 minutes for the Jays mm-hmm. on uh, Sunday afternoon. Well, I think Caleb will still be – I think Caleb will get more minutes off the bench in, a, in that scorer's punch role. I think, uh, you know, Damian will be PG1. I think – I think Tyshawn will be an option there too to play the long game you know, as a you know a tough sign regarding the two. So it's yeah. They've got some options to replace them. They just don't have a lot of depth to replace what the after the options step up. So yeah, Caleb's guys to play a much bigger role, uh, be a much more consistent scorer, and just um, to to give Tyshawn over and maybe on over, get that similar. Yeah, there's just not enough numbers left, so 
Um, I did do USC, Christian and Martin play together, Sam and Martin, Sam and Christian, that deal. Um, and I'm interested to see how that plays out, which I thought great had an advantage inside against Villanova. I don't know, you know, it's kind of weird to say that, but Craig did head out. Martin gave him a ton of problems early in the first half, especially. And Craig's offense was really humming when he was getting the ball. I think what 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 flipped that was when they stopped getting the ball in the second half. Villanova switched the defenses up, gave Craig tough looks, made it not as easy to get the ball inside, and you know that, that's how they got to go over the game. So um, I'll be interested to see. How that they line up, how effective it can be, because I think Creighton has the size to give them a lot of problems inside on uh, Wednesday. Yeah, Jay's will be at the little Wednesday night. We're going to be having a viewing party here at Strip Town. $2 off beers all night. Um, we'll send some information out about that to the newsletter and on our social media channels as well. The big viewing party Wednesday night for what promises to be a challenging game. Yeah, and yeah, as a 2 0 at Strip Town, we're going to test the O. We're going to be a test the O. 2 0 at Strip Town. Plays like a different team at home than on the road. Um, I think that's, I think, Matt, 
I think Seton Hall is a tough time matching up with Creighton. Yeah. So that's one that you feel like just on the matchup alone, not 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 you know nothing to say the environment that I face with you know or stuff like that. But I just think it's a tough matchup for Seton Hall because all the weapons Creighton has. But there's also like a little bit of uncertainty because I don't know what Creighton looks like without Marcus Ingrosky yet. Like so that's still a question. Pretty big one. Get those kids out Wednesday night. I mean, think about all the things Aronofsky does, right? Like, shoots the three ball really well, so spacing is there with him. He handles the ball really well, so you figure turnovers, while they've been an issue, aren't as bad when the ball's in his hands. Um, so you take that away. And he's a great defensive rebounder for his position. Like, crash to the glass, can battle inside, really physical, hard nosed, hard nosed rebounding guard, like Ben Walker type in that, in that regard, the way he fights inside. So I think now you're talking about Angus. So it's just a little, it's tough because he brings a lot of things that Craig can't replace, you know what I mean? And he's so good defensively for a freshman guard. I mean, he has a lot of nasty to him, so he's not, well, you know, you might get him. It's not going to be easy. He's not going to let you, he's not going to make it easy for you to get him. So, yeah, he's got some fight. I think he, you know, he's the guy who, since they started doing the loose ball drills and everything like that in practice and trying to instill that in the team, he's one of the guys that never needed that. He was always first to the floor. Um, he was a guy that came into the program with just a, an understanding that my ball's out there, just lay out and go and get it. I think that was evident in the games he's played before. Creighton started to do that as a team wide level. So, yeah, they're, they're going to miss a ton with him without him on the floor. So, there's a whole bunch of reevaluation going on in terms of what I think they can do in Xavier and Seton Hall without Marcus Aronofsky. So you were at practice today. Obviously, you had a chance to speak with Marcus. Uh, what's his mentality like right now? I know he's a fighter, uh, really tough. But uh, what's his what's his mentality like right now? Just what was practice like for the guys today? He's a beat. He's a beat. Like he's not. I think he's disappointed that he has to miss some games. Um, but that's that's obvious. Sure. Uh, I think I think he uh, you know is confident he's gonna be able to come back in in a relatively short order, uh, considering and still be able to have uh, make a push for the end of the season. You know, like I don't think he's talking all the goals are still intact. I think he's he's just wait. He's just he'll be chopped a bit. I think when that first ball tips off, like. Get out there, get back there, let's go. So, um, this is crazy though. Like, I don't know. I don't know if there's a lot of guys that would have come back in that game knowing that. I mean, first of all, he knew, we kind of felt he knew what happened. Sure. He broke it. And he went to the bench and had him looked at, and he got taped up and came back out there. So, there was no going back to the locker room, there was none of that stuff. And at halftime, you know, like, a uh, long time team fair, Ben Mir looked at it. You know, kind of felt that it was broken and said, uh, you know, I gotta shut it down, I can't let you play like this. And, um, you know, Zerowski fought him on that, and uh, team trainers came and looked at it, and our team doctors and said the same thing, and it's broken. And then he fought that on that too. <laughs> Fine, I can go, I can do it. And then his parents came down, and then, you know, Mars is a lot like his dad. His dad was basically the only one who hears him when he play. Kind of, so he was in the corner. So his dad came out and just said, I'm going to go. Marcus was like, yeah, let's, let's do that. So, like, 
He fought basically the whole entire medical staff. His mom, Mac, Ben, nice. Um, and basically said, I'm gonna go, he's gonna how you want. And it's funny because like, it's funny because Marcus said he was gonna go, and all, you know, everybody's like, all right, well, that's crazy, but okay, okay. If, you, if you say so, you know, we're not gonna stop you. And then Mac was like, if I need you, I'll use you, I'm not gonna force it in that. And then of course the first three minutes <laughs> happen. First three minutes happen, they get custody in 10, and Max turns the bench, it's pretty good, it's I'm ready, let's go. And then you know, back in the game, Chase took the lead back out to 17, I believe, and yeah. cruise from then on. So like I, I, I try to tell people I try to get like too excited when they do it because like you have to like be careful about the high level you want to put on certain guys are telling you to the fans that are listening to this, like you have a special one. Like a special one in Mark Sankarowski because he is like a guy that will be the heart and soul of every team he runs. Just, you know, you already saw evidence right there that he will play through injury. Like a broken hand, like a dominant hand, he's shooting hand, he went out there. And it wasn't like he put a race on it because it's in a game that he, he said, if we lose this, he said, I'm going out there because if we lose that, we're at ninth place, we win, we're third. So, like, yeah. that was a huge game for us. And if my hand already broke, what else can I do? Game, then I can play well enough to help us win. So let's go. Get me out there. I don't want to hear it. Tell me about it later. Because we've seen it in sports before. I mean, you see a guy go out there and he's trying to play through injury. He's making his team worse. Yes. Whether individually he can't get his job done or just things aren't going the way that they should because of his inability or her inability to do things. Right. And the fact that he went out there, <laughs> he knocked out some shots. He was able to still control base. He was able to do those things. I mean, he knew he needed to be out there. He knew his team needed to be out there. He went out there and he did what he needed to do. Um, it does make you. Yeah, it does make you. After everybody told him it was broken, everybody said he can't play. He went out and played 12 minutes and got the Jays win. So, got that up. How can you not root for a guy? If he's going to put everything on the line for a team that everybody is devoted to and votes for and or roots for and everything, you know, how do you, how do you find, how hard do you find it to back out? It's his team going forward. So. You look up, he had 11 points early in the first half. Uh, he was letting the game come to him. I thought he was clearly uh, you know, winning his battles one-on-one and just you know, controlling things on both ends of the court. Um, you know, so it is deflating to see another injury bug bite the Jays. You wonder, um, you know. I'll probably get some better luck right in the next couple of years, which we did too. I don't know, man. I mean, this young nucleus and all the injuries they've had to go through the last couple of years. Like, right. Intact is a tough word to use considering people's ACLs and backs yeah. and hands and bones. Um, you know, essentially I said it's been the curse of the championship center. It's almost like the basketball guy said, you know, if you're going to build this, you're going to use it. So we're going to let you get all the training work that you want done in there. That is here at Zierton Memorial Hot Tub Pool and uh, Underwater Treadmill and, you know, just a lot of really difficult injuries have happened. Um, for the Jays the last four years, five years. So, um, you know, again, you, you got to imagine that in a game like this that, that things will even out and then they'll have a good, uh, you know, the, the, the luck will, will start to turn. But essentially, you've given a team that had, I'd say, after their non-conference ended, you thought the margin for error because of their inability to pick up a signature non-conference win outside of uh, 
computer league as it's been in the last couple of years. Okay. Um, and uh, the collective in, in experience uh, by the roster. And I think injuries have just essentially magnified that margin of, uh, of error to the point where, you know, they got <laughs> after they lost to St. John's, they now have Yale and work. They don't have the opportunity to pick up a signature home win according to the NET, uh, quadrant one home win the rest of the way. Um, obviously, they have two chances at Villanova and at Marquette, but those look daunting to say the least to pick up Q1 road wins. The rest of the league, is, it's, not, it's not bad. I mean, top to bottom, it's probably the most competitive that the East has been in a while. Right. But it doesn't John a level from it's having a national title. Yeah, yeah, two number one seats. And, and although right? So they want to play it right now? Is it just maybe your picks tough for half the league? I, think, but I still 
Yeah. He's taken the highest they've ever been. Right. So he's not in the last 20 years. I think it's worth taking a quick look around the league before we wrap up for the night, Matt. Um, St. John's and Marquette, big time, uh, big time showing on Tuesday night, uh, tomorrow, tomorrow night. Yep, St. John's travels to Milwaukee. Uh, it's big for the Giants. It is big for the Giants. So uh, they still have that to the tournament, right? Yeah. And they beat Marquette, correct? They did. Yeah, that was Marquette. It's Marquette. So they can go for the season sweep here. That'll be a tough one, I'm sure. Wojo and his crew uh, have payback on their minds Tuesday night, Wednesday night. Uh, the aforementioned Creighton Roadie at Villanova. That's a seven o'clock Central Time tip. We'll be having a new party here at Strip Town. Two dollars off all beers here at Strip Town. And uh, 30 minutes before that game tips, Georgetown heads to Providence to the dunk to uh, oh, the first time Georgetown Providence. Yeah, double all the time in DC. So that'll, that's an FS1 game. Uh, Jay's going over uh, over on uh, CBS Sports Network. That's Wednesday, um, Thursday, Friday. Nothing doing in the league. Saturday rolls to town. We got all 10 teams in action on Saturday. Starts 11 o'clock sharp with two games: Providence at St. John's and Butler at. Providence and Johnson will be interesting because Providence has a lot of big guys and they can kind of be, you know, they can kind of do what they like. Like DePaul, they can kind of have their way with uh, with St. John's inside. So, and St. John's really no matter how big they get, they can't count with Providence with Providence. So that'll be interesting. Now, Butler travels to DC to take on Georgetown. Georgetown was Georgetown's like a tough matchup for Butler, man. They smacked an ankle. Yeah. Like, like Butler doesn't usually get smacked an ankle, right? I mean, so. I don't know. Georgetown's that's tough. They played pretty well in the game. They don't know all that money on Sunday for the majority of the game. Dustin Hall must be the third piece. All right. So, wow. Bill Nova and Marquette square off in the Whoa. 1.30 on Saturday. Hey, Marquette's chance to say we're the team to beat this year. Yeah, right there. Unless it's that game, you just moved all your levels up into the red. I mean, I'm just going to say something. No, 1.30 on Saturday. 1.30. Watch it now for sure. That's on Big Fox. Uh, Big Fox, And then uh, the two nightcaps uh, around the full day of the East play on Saturday. Craig Nancy Hall and DePaul at Xavier. So Xavier and Paul is a pretty nice game in Chicago a couple of weeks ago. So Paul pulled it. Paul pulled it at the end. Yeah. Uh, but, but that'll be a that'll be a that'll be a big one for Xavier, man. Does the first one for Craig? Yes. Yeah. So. Yeah, that'll be a good one. Then get some momentum going and feel good about themselves when the Jays come back into town. So, yeah. Yeah. so that's what the weekend looks like for these. That's going to be a fun Saturday. I mean, yeah. I'm going to leave. There's some pretty good games in there. Yeah. Uh, so, any, uh, any, anything you want to touch on with uh, Coach Plains team? I know that sounds like we're just kind of getting the second half. Yeah. That's not tough against drawing their way. Yeah, they're definitely. It was a first weekend they had 
they've lost more than one game in the Union's play, so the league's kind of started to eat up a little bit. They're at four and seven, I think, right now. And uh, yeah, so I don't know. I'm not really sure how that how they are or Jack, how they're going so far because they're uh, their confidence, I think, feels a little bit shaky right now, so they kind of have to. They might need a win to make themselves shake out of it. Sure. So they did have some. They did have some positive vibes today down on campus outside of of gameplay. The Ruth Scott Training Center opens. Uh, roof, the roof, and a uh, big facility there for dedicated for this uh, training. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if you've got a chance to get inside of it now. Yeah. To you, the Patriots just lost to the Steelers. I felt like they're done. And you guys have just lost to Nebraska. And remember, I told you I wasn't worried about either. Yeah, either, either. Yeah. right, right, yeah. So, very wise. Yeah, you are years. wise for your age, that's for sure. Um, 
I'm a little bit foolish for mine. Uh, no, but congratulations on the big day yesterday, I guess. It was a big day. You beat Xavier by 22, which you joined the Villanova Gonzaga club on that regard, because nobody does that except for those two teams. Oh, okay. Um, I didn't even know that. Villanova's done it like five times. Of course, they Gonzaga did it once, then you guys did it once. That's good. Villanova just owns them. I don't know what it is. But like, really? Yeah. It's all the discipline, and then Xavier likes to... Matchups. That's what it comes down to in this league. Yeah. Then you got the Patriots win. Yeah. And the Celtics. Yeah. Well, I was saying I kept saying two wins and one. But the Celtics. That was seven of eight. You needed it. So. Yeah. yeah. Three wins one day. It was a good and, day. And, and you joined the Godfather's Pizza Club. Yeah. Everybody four wins. Dang. So, it was an like, even better day in retrospect. What was like the highlight of the day? Giving the fans pizza. Getting the sixth ring. Beating the Musketeers. The highlight of the day was winning the game, beating Xavier. Yeah. Beating Xavier was big just because of the way we did it. It was more so the way we did it because I was just really happy that like all the things that we were kind of lacking in the games before, we finally got up to, like, really got up energy. Like, we were in our defensive gaps. We paid attention to scouting report, all that. So it was good. Yeah. So, uh, I guess after the St. John's game, like, what was the mindset that we played? Because I – that was probably tough because you guys prepared pretty well. You probably yeah. felt confident in what you yeah. were about to come out on the floor. And I think you felt like this home stand was a big opportunity for you guys to yeah. keep the streak together and get some momentum going. And, like, the St. John's game happened. Like, what, at what point during the St. John's game did you kind of feel like this is what we prepared to do? Well, I think it was when we came out flat in that second half. I can handle like one ball, but like four at the same time is a little. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, so I think it was in the second half when we came out kind of flat. And they went on a run and kind of put us out for that game. Yeah. I think that was the wake up call for us. And we, we had talked about it leading up to the game. And we were really talking just about urgency. Like, we need to, like, like we weren't valuing possessions. We didn't, like, have the urgency, and we didn't look like a team that, like, really wanted to win. Like, we looked like a team they that did, wanted though, right? to win. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, so, you, you, so it was just embarrassing to come out on our home court and have another team look like they wanted to win more than us. That's not why people come to great games. That's, like, not what we're about. And we, like, had a real talk about that without any coaches around, like, just us as a team. And we were like, we got to fix this. Like, we like we watched the film. Like, it's one thing for a coach to tell you something, but it's another thing to, as a team, like, make that conscious decision to be like, this is not who and I think we finally got to that point, so it sucks that it had to be a loss, and especially a loss at home that made us get there. But I'm glad we got there because, I mean, I think that's what propelled us to the win yesterday. Well, it's one thing with this group, like, they all, you guys are really um, process-oriented this year. Mm -hmm. And uh, it feels like you're trying to, like, learn from all the lessons you mm -hmm. guys are going through as a season. Because I think you know this group's going to be together for a while, so... Yeah. It's important to show some growth yeah. along the the path while you're young. That way, when you're upperclassmen, you can kind of you, you've seen it all already. I guess. Like, how valuable have been maybe the times that are more difficult to under to, yeah. to go through, like the losses and yeah. having to deal with the emotion of mm. feeling like you didn't perform at your best and yeah. all that. Like, definitely, and knowing that things aren't the end of the world. I think that's like knowing in big picture. Like, it's a long season, so like. Like even talking with Davion and about like the four game losing streak we had and how bad that was like at the time, but now looking at it and like he said it during he was like it's a long season this is a bad part of it we just got to learn from it and grow from it. 
And he's right, because it, it was quick, like, I mean, obviously it wasn't quick four games, but it was a four-game span that we just had to learn from and kind of got us to where we're at now. And, like, back to what you were saying about, like, very, like, we're process-oriented this year and, like, we're very, like, meticulous about certain things. And we learn from a lot of things. That's a good thing and a bad thing because, like, although we do learn from things and, like, we think about things and we go back and look at things, sometimes it shouldn't be, like, a process. Sometimes you just got to go out and do things. And I think that's what we're learning, too, throughout that process is that sometimes things aren't as complicated as you make them out to be. Sometimes you just got to go out and do it. And I think we're learning now that it's not about talking about it and it's not about whatever game plan it is. Like, we, we have the game plans and we have all the information we need. But now it's just about executing and getting it done and coming out with energy. And, like, there's just, like, those little things that we were missing early on. We're just trying to pick up on those more. <clears throat> so, before, uh, I think it was after the Georgetown win, right? Mm-hmm. You, Matt, came on the bus, said something, like, kind of, like, subtle. Yeah. Like you were in trouble, maybe. Yeah. And then dropped the bomb that you had been given a scholarship. Well, yeah, so that's what so I like, thought. And here's what I'm curious about, because uh, this obviously happened last year, too. Um, why aren't you any different? Like, you, you if, 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 like, an outsider came in and tried to watch you guys do what you do every day and then just try to assume who plays what role and everything like that, but didn't try to pay attention to the outside stuff and didn't know that you got a scholarship or didn't have one before, and then came in and saw that, why aren't you, why didn't you, why aren't you any different than the way you were before you got that scholarship? Why is your energy level still the same? Why is, does it, why does it feel like you still have unfinished business and who you are as a, as a member of this team, despite the fact that you're on scholarship? I mean, quite simply, because that's what got me here, and like, that's what I want to continue to do, and that's where I bring value to this team. And so where it's like, like you see it as like a high energy kind of thing, and <clears throat> like me, I, I don't know, even know what you would call it, but that's just like who I am and like what I've always been doing, and I just want to continue to do it just for our team and like for myself because I think consistency is key, especially with uh, the way we play. So as long as I, like if I can be consistent in my role, then other guys can be consistent in their role. So I think it's just more of me just trying to be consistent in what I do every day and not like, not as much looking to, like, it, it, like taking it every day and mm-hmm. instead of looking big picture or for any reward or anything like that. It's just about taking care of what I got to take care of every day. What's, what, what keeps you here? Like, you've got a skill set, mm-hmm. but you don't get, like, playing time consistently. Mm-hmm. What, what stops you... Or I guess what keeps you at Creighton versus trying to find a place that would, you know, let Jordan Scurry get his on the basketball floor and well, maybe have some of that glory in the spotlight the people. and stuff like that? It's quite honestly just the people, man. I have the best, like, so I actually, it's funny you ask me this question because I've been thinking about this a lot. Like, so in high school it was really tough for me. Like, coming out of high school, like, I didn't have a lot of offers. And then obviously, like, ending high school I had one offer. And, like, what was tough for me was that I never had, like, a, like, I was a part of like four different AAU teams and I never had like, I only, I never wanted to jump around AAU teams. I never wanted to jump around high schools. I just really wanted to be at one place, one place I really liked. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I didn't like all, like, there was AAU teams I did like, but I didn't like jumping around so much and I didn't like doing all that kind of thing. So when I was looking at colleges, I kind of thought about that too. And 
when I saw Creighton, it was just like a good fit for me. And the thing I always thought about, and I like a college coach told me this on one of my visits, and he said, if you woke up and you could never play a game of basketball here ever again, would you like to come here? And I was like, hmm. And at that school, the answer was no. Unfortunately, unfortunately. Uh-huh. It, was, it was just it was just personality Ironic situational that, match. Yeah. It Ironic just didn't match. Right, yeah. But here it's like if I never which I, I mean I don't very much, but if I never could play in a game for the rest of my creating career, I would still stay here because one, I like the school and then two, it's just the people. Like I have a support group here that I've never had in my life before. Like I have people backing me that I've never had that type those type of people backing me before. I have great relationships with all the people I have friendships and relationships with here. And that's not something I really want to throw away. It's not something like, it, it just, it's something that means something to me and the people I'm around mean something to me. And they're like real friends, real people. So like with that, I just don't want to throw it away. And it's like, you see like, and you want to talk about like having energy <clears throat> and being excited every day. Like I'm excited every day like here because of the people I'm around and my teammates and just the program we have here. like. That makes me excited every day to get up. I can't say it would be, I don't know any other place, but I can't say it would be the same some other place. So even like if I'm not playing, like that's one thing, but it's just like I still like being here. So like that's in itself says a lot. So I'd rather be somewhere where I like being and not play than I play and I don't like being there. Put it that way. Does it surprise you when you think about it? You know, because now your career's you're you're a veteran on the team now. You know, before you know it, mm-hmm. the career is going to be over. Mm-hmm. Your time in Omaha will be over. Mm-hmm. That you were able to find a place that brought out as much um, passion for mm-hmm. a community you probably didn't know much about before you got here. Um, maybe when you thought you were making a basketball decision or just a mm-hmm. decision about definitely, school, yeah. that it turned into more than that. It definitely turned into more than that. And it turned into more than that when, <laughs> like I said before, Coach Max says all the time, like, lose yourself in our team or lose yourself in something bigger than you and I kind of did that man like I came here alone like as a freshman young like I came here and I was just with all I had was the basketball team and all I had was the people around me and I didn't even have family like that so I didn't even have a security blanket so I really just trusted coach Mack and lost myself in the team lost myself in my friends lost myself in the school here and it just paid off for me because now I'm really a part of something that is bigger than me and it's a part of something that I will be now a part of, I will be a part of for the rest of my life. So it's something that's worked out and it's something that I just, like you see me like put it, like I, I do all this because I get so much from it. Like if Omaha didn't really mean anything to me and if Creighton didn't really mean that much to me, you wouldn't see the Jordan you see every day. But it actually means something to me and I know that the, all the people around me like take note of that. Like someone's always watching. And someone's always just like, you know what, like, and like, like I have teachers who even come like see me play, and they're just like, I love the way you like cheer on your team, and I'm like, you know what, that's like that, even that just means something to me, because people are like noticing the little things you do, and it means something to them. So like, even on that very small scale, like that means something to me. So that's why I continue to do what I do. Speaking of things that mean more to people than it probably seems from the outside looking in, is the pink out game. Mm-hmm. I know that's near and dear to maybe who you are as a person because of your experiences with it. Um, I'm not trying to get you to break down here if you don't want to go there, but like what, when you think about the effect that an illness like that has on a a person you care about and then how it filters down, how like what they're going through filters down into the rest of the family, 
and how their strength kind of like unites everybody together to battle it as much as they can together. All that person has to do it physically, the other people have to do it emotionally. Um, what did you learn through your life experience before you got here about what it's like to see a person go through that and how did it affect you as a person? Hmm. Well, for me, it was tough. I was 12 years old when my mother was like, got breast cancer. Luckily now, she's seven years in remission, so that's good, positive. But it was, it was, it was it's kind of weird for me because it was such a young age. I, I didn't really know what was going on, and my parents kind of tried to, like, my mom would always just say, I'm really sick, like, and she went through chemotherapy, which was, she played off like a champion, man. Like, when I tell you this woman played this off, like, she was sick, and, like, if you've ever seen what chemo does to people, it's awful, and they just, like, they don't want to do much, and they they want to be on bed rest, or whatever. My mom, man, would still come to my games. My mom would still come to like the school book fairs and stuff like that. Like she'd put the head wrap on and she would troop, man. So, like seeing her do all that stuff, like really. And now I look back on it and I like say, like she was so like you don't. I, they tried to hide it from me because she just was so tough about the whole thing. She just like like. She was going through chemo, and I was complaining about my knees from growing pains and, like, playing three games in a day when, like, she had all that going on and still was able to come to games and school, and she did so much for me and my brother still. So it just meant a lot to me, like, to see that, and, like, now it means more just because of how much, like, I know she was actually going through. But it's a lesson of toughness, man, that I learned from my mother a long time ago, and it's just about being... Like there's times like that where things stink, and like that's when you, that that's when that's those are the times to be negative, and like those are the times when, you know what, this sucks. Like that's that's when things suck. But like that's where I put things in perspective with this whole basketball thing. Like when you want to talk about like not playing, like not playing is one thing, chemotherapy is another. So it's like you can always control your attitude. Like for me on a day to day. You can't control your, like, it's tougher to control your attitude when you got a port in your arm that you got to go get chemicals pumped into three times a day. But you have every excuse in the world to be yeah, that way and like, still aren't, right? and still aren't. So, really, I learned a huge lesson from toughness, a huge lesson of toughness from my mother, and I'll carry that with me for the rest of my life, but it's also just about attitude. Like, she had such a good attitude during the whole thing. And she wanted to be with me and my brother and the rest of our family as much as she could, like, even though she was going through everything she went through. So it's all just about, like, toughness, trying not to show, like, she tried not to show her. I'm like, and which is tough for me. Like, you've seen me. Mm-hmm. I go out there and I want to show all my emotions on the court mm-hmm. just because I'm so into it. And here goes this woman who's, like, going through all this stuff and still doesn't really show all these emotions of, like, being sad, being annoyed of going to chemo all the time and being just so sick of this like sick of the disease like sick of the sickness so for me i just attitude my attitude and my toughness has to match what she was going through like on a day-to-day when she was going through cancer because if not i'm doing an injustice to myself (laughs) seriously so like and then so now with a different experience when you get to see it on an annual basis and I don't know, like, I know you guys are zoned in and you're playing these tough teams and it's hard to, like, actually, like, observe the atmosphere when you're in the middle of the heat of battle. And they usually do it, like, around the oh, no. under 8 or under 12 yeah. in the second half. No, so it's, it's really, tough. like, locked it's in. The eight like, minute, it's the 8-minute second half. Yeah, so, but just that moment where they're playing that song and oh, everybody's no, standing up and, like, tough, they've got man. tears in their eyes and they know how much it means. Mm-hmm. And, like, the whole community has embraced it. But 
Like, was, are you, are you, have you oh, ever been a little separated oh, no. from, like, Freshman year, walk I was out and look at Like, it. the first year I was a part of it, man, like, I started tearing up a little bit. Like, you start to get choked up just because it's like when you see all those people standing there and, like, holding those signs and, like, it's more so, to me, it's like the look on their faces mm-hmm. because you can kind of, like, feel to an extent. You can feel, like, whether it's somebody who passed away or somebody who's still living, no matter what, it's just... You can feel, like, the pain or the emotion, whatever it is. There's all different emotions. But you can feel the emotion that that person, like, is feeling when they were standing there because it's, like, a shared emotion through everybody in the arena, which is unbelievable. Like, it's like we all, and I said it before. There are different names on the placards, but it's all the same thing. We're all touched by, like, this awful disease in some way. So it's like an event like that where it's like you got all these people who have gone through like a similar type of situation and have a similar emotion towards it is like unbelievable because it's like an emo- it's either like in that moment it's like a it's a deep sadness because it's an awful disease and it's like a it's a terrible thing that happens to a lot of the times people who would say you would say like quote unquote don't deserve it. So it's just tough to like, like, like and especially at a basketball game like we play a game we play a game. So it's really cool to see, like, that shared experience that can bring everybody together. And, like, that one, that moment, man, it is it is very surreal. It's crazy how everything ties in together because I, I was talking to Marcus before practice started, talking about, like, why on earth he would go out and play as many minutes as he did with a broken hand on his right hand. <laughs> I actually like, did. Did he tell you what I texted him last night? Uh-uh. I texted him, so after he texted our group chat, he was like, yeah, guys, like, broke it, getting reevaluated in the week, I'll be all right, though, like, and I was like, bro, you scored 13 yes. points with a broken hand. he had hand. zero when he broke it, and he went shot yeah. three throws out of three. I was like, can you, can you teach me how to do that? Like, because <laughs> I broke, you know, I broke my hand this summer. Right. And that was, like, I, that was unbearable. Like, it still I couldn't hurts even, you right no, now. It still yeah. hurts yeah. to this day. It's yeah. pretty bad. But, like, 13 points with a broken hand, he just... Threw some tape on there, like that's. But no, seriously, like yeah, that is no. how everything ties together. That's the type of toughness. Because he said, "I said, why would you do that?" I literally just asked him point blank, like, "Why would you go out there with a broken hand? Like that's, you, you know, you, you know, you have an excuse not to go out there." And, mm-hmm. and he's like, and he mentioned the pink out. He goes, "You see all those people." Exactly. You see all those people and what seriously. they go through in life, and seriously. you realize you play a game. And, and that's and, where it becomes yeah. real. That's where it becomes like us not just saying this stuff. Like I was saying before, like we're not just saying this stuff anymore. Like we mean it. Like we do. Because it's like, affected you. Yeah, it has affected us. And, like, that is in, like, obviously it's, like, not the smartest decision, Marcus. Like, obviously if you want to look on paper, like, right. you shouldn't do that kind of thing. But it's but that's something mind, an outsider that's, will say. That's, like, yeah. that doesn't but know. Na- they but don't like, know what That is very, right. that is, like, a very accurate portrayal of our, our like, our team's mindset right now more so. Yeah, but I, I, it I, is a yeah, it is. It's an accurate portrayal of our team, like, and especially like how we've grown this year, because a lot of like, honestly, if this would happen like third game of this year, like third game of the even conference play, mm-hmm. I don't think he would have played. Not, like, I really don't think he would have came back out. But like, as a team, we are now so like, like that urgency I was speaking of, like the way Marcus played last game. That's the ur- like, I know it sounds like crazy, like no, but it's not because playing with the broken, with the broken yeah. hand. Tyshawn had, like, his worst scoring game of, his, mm-hmm. of the season, but I thought he played one of his best games yeah. in terms of, like, being all defensively. over the place. Like, defensively, plays. he was unbelievable. Like, he hooked it up last game. Mm-hmm. Like, he was doing little things. Like, 
And that was the thing I tried to bring into practice last week, and I think maybe you heard me saying it. But I was like, we have to get more excited about defense. Like, we get so excited about running up, shooting a lot of threes, scoring a lot, right. lob dunks, like, to Martin, like, all that stuff. We get excited about that. We never get excited if somebody makes a blockout assignment. We don't get excited if someone's in a gap. Like, those are the things we need to get excited about now. And that's where I think Marcus was even like, even if I can't dribble, I can still do those things. Mm -hmm. Like, I can still be in a gap. I can, I can still pass box left out. Like, I can pass, like he said that. He said it on the bench. He was like, I can pass left-handed. I can still impact this game. So that's huge for us because, like, that's what everybody's mindset was going into the last game. Like, Tyshawn still had a huge impact on last game, even though he didn't score that much. Right? And that's, like, how it's going to have to be for the rest of the year because we need that. So that's a step in the right direction. Hopefully we can keep going that way. All right, so now I owe you some gloating. Yep. Even though it's getting pretty ridiculous at this point, to yep. be honest with you, from my perspective. First yep. of all, the Red Sox make me sick. Yep. I think you know that. So. Yep. Having to talk to you twice now in one season about teams like that winning titles. It's not that I'm not happy for you, because I am. Uh, yeah. And if, if you rooted for anybody else, it'd be easier. But um, you now have a Super Bowl ring to go along with it. Mm -hmm. So you're kind of living right as a sports fan. Well, this is my and first I just, year. I just want to know, like, at what point are you getting sick of winning? Like, What, what kind of question is that? Because you just Who got, gets sick of winning? Don't you want some adversity? Like, no. <laughs> no. Who, what run. athlete no, do you know has ever been like, oh, like I'm sick? Of, no, you don't well, get sick of winning. But you just got, you're just a front runner now, man. Like, you don't even have. What, you come like, in why do you think I came here? Why do you think I came to Creighton? Like, I love to win. Like, that's why I'm here. Winning is <laughs> awesome. No, tell me about how stressful that game was, though. Because that wasn't like a typical. Like, Brady threw for like a thousand yards. Well, the no, Eagles I think the mo like, I was more. Nervous right at the first pick. That's when I was like, Really? Yeah. No. The first quarter, they always play bad, though. Nope. I was hot, but this is my thing, because I was like, with what happened against Philadelphia, I was like, we can't do this in the Super Bowl anymore. You actually, and the were, thing, coming in, you actually and, were coming in with a confidence problem. Yeah. That's amazing. And what, okay. Well, I can't, I was coming in with that underdog realistic mindset, yeah, and, which you, is hard when you're a Patriots you fan. You had convinced you, yourself. Being too, realistic right? and Patriots fan usually don't go together. But, um, no, see, because what I was worried about. Actually, let me take you back to my pregame because okay. I was really worried pregame because the whole the, what makes me nervous about New England in the Super Bowl is the glam because Bill Belichick's not a glam guy. And Super Bowl is all about the glam. Like Todd Gurley was warming up in gold sunglasses and like Deion Sanders type stuff. Like so, I'm like. Oh, no. And, like, Brady's walking. I mean, Brady and all them are, like, walking out with all the cameras. And you know how it is. Like, it's Super Bowl. And I'm like, you know what? This is, like, New England's problem because anytime there's, like, because New England, like, we just, like, to come into the game, calm, cool, and collected, just another day, doing my job, boom, 34-10, we win, right? Okay. Regularly. <laughs> but, like, the Super Bowl, I'm nervous because it's, like, all this glam, all this hype, and you got to think, like, L.A. team, like, all this, like, Paparazzi, all this, so that's perfect, for perfect, them, right? for, yeah. perfect for them. So I'm like, uh-oh. I'm already a little nervous at the beginning of the game. I'm like, uh-oh. All right, let's see how we're going to come out. And then he threw the pick. And then I was like, and when he threw the pick, I was like, oh, no. And then it was a three and out, and I was like, we got it. After the three and out, I was like, I knew. After the first, oh, really? Because I was like. You were if, worried about that offense. Okay. I was worried about that offense. Okay. If that offense got going, I was like, oh, no. Because if they got any type of rhythm, I was going to be scared. But they even, like, even with the dude who erased twenty eight to three, because the Falcons had an offense that year too, and they were up twenty five. Yeah, you no. saw Brady piece together the greatest comeback of all time. Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, we, we in one quarter we could have done that, but I would be more nervous about that against the Rams right. because like 
they could pull way more than they, in my opinion, more talented than that Philadelphia team was across the board. Yeah. So I, I would I was nervous about them pulling some, and especially if like the with the the Philly special that they pulled. Again, in the Super Bowl a couple years right. ago, like I didn't want if the Rams were to pull like some flea flicker stuff yesterday, and like Todd Gurley ended up throwing the football, or somebody was running out of yeah, like yeah, I would have lost my mind. <laughs> so I'm I'm I'm, ha- I'm pleased. All right. By the way, the game went. So like, what are your points of like? What were your high points during that game? Like Brady's dime piece to Gronk. The dime piece to Gronk was on the um, money. I just think Julian Edelman, man, that dude is a warrior. He like make he. Who's gonna get? Some, here's my. Who's gonna get the four game suspension next year to keep it going? Like, yeah, Brady won a ring off of the four game suspension. Edelman won. Both of them got MVPs. Well, you know what? My know what's gonna guys. happen. Gronk's gonna retire, and then halfway out of the year, just come out of retirement. <laughs> yeah. He's not gonna. He's gonna be like, I need. I need more media. Like, there's not gonna be enough media in his life. Like, people aren't gonna ask him like 69 jokes anymore, and he's gonna get bored and just be like, you know what? I'm coming back to the NFL. Yeah, he's like, I missed this. Yeah. Uh, so, is the how many more does the goat have in him? Though? Like, man, this after is yesterday, if you would ask me, six after titles yesterday. in nine year, nine nine appearances, like four of the last five. He's forty, gonna be forty two. I'm done saying. He, but I'm, like, I'm did not, he look forty two? I learned at all the, yesterday. I the, uh, you think so? I still think he looks kind of older. That's just. But I was doubting him I don't for think the first time th- ever. But I don't think his throws look older. And I made at the, all. I know. I made like the, his throws I made the mistake. Look older. I made the mistake of going with it's over. I, I tried to declare it. Yeah. And I, I didn't want to ever fall into that trap, and I fell into it this year because like he just looked different. And I was like, maybe it I is over. Like, in, well, and I know. But I'm not going to do it anymore because he's the yeah. goat. And and until until it's over, I'm not going to say it's over. Like because he just. You're wrong every time. And I know he has like. Only I can't believe they got me this year. I, I was like so disappointed. <laughs> I know you were. I was so, I was like I love Brady. He's always gonna figure it out. And I was like and I fell into the trap this year. And then he went to KC and beat the goat Mahomes like that everybody thinks is the real deal. Yeah, he is the real deal. He is the real deal, but he's not on that level yet. He's not proven yet, but he, he is the real deal. But he had every chance to do the same thing Brady did on his home field. Mm-hmm. And he sure didn't do did. It. The master did. Sure did. Overtime, coin toss, New England. Patrick, go hit the shower. Go ahead. Shout out to Slater, too. For winning the coin toss? Oh, just yeah, for, that's clutch. Con, no, consistency. I think it was the clutchest coin toss of the year. He always picks heads. You know that, right? Yeah. Always yeah. picks heads. And then it's worked out all year long. Right. You always got to call heads. Yeah. Heads close, right? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Do you go to tails ever? In Madden sometimes. When Madden used to have the coin tosses, I used to, I used to pick Hold tails. up. You go tails on video games? Mm-hmm. Why? I'm pretty sure there's an algorithm in the heads wins like 80% of the time in video games. You really? gotta know that, yeah. Is it Let's take that heads? going forward. No, no, really? Yeah. I thought it was like in real life because the heads. Because whenever I get coin toss, I always call heads in video games. Well, I thought it was in real life because I thought the heads, like, it was it was heavier. Heads always wins in video games. Always. Really? Yeah, dude. Yeah. Good to know. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta go with heads. Good to know. Good yeah. to know. And, then, and always kick off. I'm the dummy. Why didn't my friends ever tell me this? I don't know. I must have had some Go with heads friends. and always kick off. That's the rules in video games. <laughs> always let them have the ball first. Then you stop them, and then they have yeah, no confidence yeah, yeah, at all. Yeah, exactly. No, well, congratulations on the Patriots again. Hey, you're going to congratulate me Sox soon, too. Celtics got a championship coming up. They'll be all right. Yeah, I don't right. think they're going to win at all. But who's going to beat them? I mean, the Warriors are going to beat them senseless. But who's coming Who's coming out of the East? I said they got a championship. I, still, I, I mean, didn't say it was going to win. Might, Kawhi, might Kyrie, Kawhi might send Kyrie to New York stop. himself. After, like, stop. Yeah, see, that's a whole other topic we could Start a whole new podcast about. But okay. I'm upset with Kyrie. Like if Kyrie, like if You're he leaves, if, no, I am. 
I'm upset with the fact that he's entertaining any of this. Like, because don't come to Boston. My thing is don't come to Boston. Because Isaiah Thomas was well, going to be there. Yeah. So, I mean, but, he didn't go to Boston. Uh, but, he also, to Boston. but he asked to go there. If yeah. I get sent to Boston, I'd want to leave, too. Oh, my goodness. Here we go. <laughs> but, like, he obviously want, like he obviously wanted that trade when he wanted that at Cleveland, right? right? I'd want, but, I, I, but, I guess I would want to go to Boston but, over Cleveland. That's fair. Yeah. But, I, I mean. But, all right. We're taking, let's, let's go from just, <laughs> can you just chill out for a second? And we can just be basketball about this. So, when he got traded, he wanted out of Cleveland. Right. And he went to the best possible place. He could have just, if he wanted to go to the Knicks, he could have waited and then went, like, I know he maybe wanted to move immediately, but if his whole thing was, like, to go to the Knicks, and if he does end up doing that, he could have gone, he could have waited one more year in Cleveland and not won a championship just like he didn't do in Boston, and then go to the Knicks and play with whoever he wants. But if he ruin, if he come, if he honestly leaves and ruins, I said this before, I'm not kidding. If he, come, if he leaves the Celtics, he is dead to me. Because we had Isaiah Thomas, right. who was all about Boston, all for Boston, embraced the whole city, embraced the persona, like was ready to be there, was literally trying to build this team, like was in Danny Ainge's ear, like get Gordon Hayward, get Al Horford, like that was his plan, like he plotted on this team to make this team. So now I'm like, as nice as it is for Kyrie, because he just walked into what Isaiah Thomas like built for him. Right. I'm going to be so mad if he leaves because, one, that proves, one, we should have kept Isaiah Thomas. And then, two, it's like, you're just ruining the NBA at that point. Like, you're just <laughs> jumping from team to team. Seriously, you got to think. Like, you just literally you were, you ruined Boston, and then you're going to go to the Knicks. It's still like I win a championship there. I don't care who they get. No offense. I, I agree. So, it's like there's no point. I got you. But... Well, I look forward I to revisiting this then because you need, oh yeah, you need, I really this this one this I'm one almost, got me fired. I up. like you, but I'm honestly getting kind of sick of like this one. How much you win? Like it's the NBA gets me fired up. I could talk yeah. NBA free agency yeah. forever. So well, I just hope the Red Sox lose 100 games mm. next year because I mean they, can, they they usually go World Series then dud then oh. World Series dud. So like hopefully I'll at least have yeah you know the law of averages. The law of averages is that what you're looking at? Well, if law of averages works for the Red Sox, they should be bad every year. So, <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, no, you're a different. You, it's kind of crazy how Red Sox fans. Grew oh, up did you like? You by the way, did you like how we had Aaron Judge's boombox in the locker room last night? <laughs> yeah, you know what? That's oh, I'm okay with that though. Yeah, because like I want players to be able to. I don't know why the Patriots did it, but. I what mean, do you mean you don't know why? I don't know. We have to. Don't give we me that talked about. Strong. We just no, talked I don't about this. Hear about Boston no, strong. we don't just talked about this. That when, city does not like each other. Stop. Like I don't, don't stop. First of all, the people that do like each other in that city, the people love that, each other. Yeah, exactly. That's the way to say it. But Unfortunately, like, I'm not in that in crowd. Like I'm on the outside of like are. people who can respect that group, but I'm not in it. Gotcha. But I respect it. But what were we just talking about? Now you got me off. Going I know I did. That was the whole point. Oh no. Judge's boombox. Is that what you want to talk about? Yeah. They'll get you next it was year. Something. So it was whatever you gotta say, you gotta something. say. Dang. I think it was something Yankee related. It's probably because you. It's probably because you, you know it's not true. So no. Yeah, so no, I'm not talking about it. Fired up. Well, you're done. You just changed the subject. That's man. 30 minutes. I gave you your Patriots. No, it's That's over. Fine. It's over. You got it. Congratulations. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. Thanks, Jordan. Dang.